0: Welcome to the club no one ever wanted to join. This is Refused, the unofficial podcast of Eliasm.org. Having a tough time spelling that? It's an acronym for I Live in a Sexless Marriage. Listen to stories, articles, and sometimes the dark humor experienced by those in sexless marriages here on Refused. On Eliasm.org, you'll see much wiser people than me give advice on coping with sexless marriage and you may see my less useful posts under the name Mirror Orchid. Until then, you've suffered enough. On with the show. This is the third of a six-part series by Eliasm member CSL, which appeared on the Curmudgeonly Librarian blog in 2015. The same caveats apply, where it says he, he could easily be saying she. And while CSL is Christian and dang happy about it, If that isn't your thing, I'm figuring a lot of his essays apply to the rest of us heathens, and I hope you'll find material you can use. Very well. Addressing the sexless marriage, part three. In my last post, I presented a version of the talk known as the shot across the bow. In that post, the writer, who uses the pseudonym Job, told how he approached his wife with his concerns that their marriage was becoming sexless. In preparing that speech, Job had done some of the hard work ahead of time, as I recommend that you do. By that, I mean deciding what your boundaries and deal breakers are. Today, I'm going to present a different version of the talk. But before I do, I need to address the fact that today, there seem to be many barriers to having a decent, good sex life in a marriage. Remember. I'm writing to Christian husbands and wives, so if these don't apply to someone who strays onto my blog or this podcast due to Google, c'est la vie. Before I do, however, we have to realize that we need to stop shooting ourselves in the foot. When I say that there can be barriers, what I am actually saying is that we make those barriers ourselves. Granted, we have our jobs, and that's normal and good. After all, we have to be about making a living to support our family, so that's not part of the problem. And of course, there is the family we are creating, and that's not a part of the problem either. That is part of living our lives together as God intended. Then the family doesn't exist in a vacuum. After all, we are commanded to nurture our children and raise them in the knowledge of the Lord. And so, as earnest Christians, we are part of a local congregation All these things are well and good. However, the job that I have might require that I work more than eight hours a day. Did I say job? Maybe I'm the owner of a business and it's eight hour days, try 12 or 14 hour days. It could be that one of us both work different shifts or have to travel. So the job, while good and right, can put up barriers to sexual intimacy time-wise family? Our pride and joy, right? Wrong. All too often, the family is a higher priority than the marriage. There's a Christian aphorism that goes, if you want to know joy, remember that joy is Jesus, others, and you. The problem comes when your spouse has to take a number to be included among the others. The old idea that our priorities should be ranked God, family, church, and finally, others, is incorrect if your spouse is placed in the Others category. The correct way to prioritize would be God, spouse, children, church, others. If your focus is on your children over your spouse, you have distorted God's picture of what a family is supposed to be. The marriage becomes a tool rather than a home. Lastly, church can become a barrier to marital intimacy, what with the many obligations we assume. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that volunteering to serve your church is a bad thing. I'm a Sunday school teacher in our congregation. Wife is both a Sunday school teacher and vice president of our church's United Methodist Women Organization. Serving your fellow believers by creating and maintaining the church is good and right. What is wrong is when the church occupies so much of your time that the marriage becomes a lesser priority to such activities as A-W-A-N-A, worship team rehearsals, the latest series of teaching classes on biblical prophecy. When running the food bank becomes the equivalent of a full-time job on top of your full-time job, while your husband is eating TV dinners? Ah, uh-uh, Not good. Oh, but we're doing the Lord's work, brother curmudgeon, you might say. And my response might be, you are destroying your marriage, dummy. Okay, sometimes I abuse the privilege of being a coot. However, I could have used the biblical term from Proverbs 14.1, fool, but that might have put me in danger of hellfire. So we come to the end of normal life. With all this as a background, I present the end of normal life talk. This is another version of the talk. And was also written by Job, the author of Shot Across the Bow." in the last podcast. This too was posted on the Marriage Bed Forum, and I've been given permission by Job to present it here. Job was writing to help refuse spouses who kept getting put off when trying to initiate sex. There seems to be an endless list of reasons as to why sex was impossible tonight, maybe tomorrow, but all too often tomorrow never comes. Something else comes up to make sex impossible the next night, and the next, and the next. So Job wrote this version of the talk, addressing the need to stop all activities until the marriage is set aright. As in the previous podcast, Job's essay is long, so everything from here, until I say end quote, is his writing, quote, when your mate, one delays, two makes excuses and breaks promises. Three, creates situations where having sex is impossible. four has really good reasons to not have sex reasons that no one could argue with, such as I'm sick, the children are sick, ministry needs prevent it today. The children, the children, the children I'm tired. So tired. So very, very tired. I'm busy, so busy, so Very, very busy. Well, what are you gonna do? In my humble opinion, one viable option is honey, I love you, but this is the end of all normal life as you know it. We'll figure out why you are so sick, why the children are sick, why ministry seems to trump our marriage, why other couples have children and sex but we don't, why you are so tired, why you are so busy. We will now stop all normal life until we solve this problem. No more ministry. No more Sunday school. Reduce church to Sunday morning only. Drop all church leadership and ministry. Reduce homeschool work. Reduce fun for the kids. Reduce kids' sports, clubs, and activities. Reduce all internet, Facebook, reading books, hobbies to what can be maintained and have a good sex life at the same time. We will not do these things again until we have a good, vigorous, frequent sex life, on a sustainable basis, for at least a year. Our marriage is more important than any of these optional things, and we will vigorously research why we cannot hold jobs, have illness, etc., and have good sex, but others can. This is the end of all normal life until we get a healthy sex life end quote. But CSL, that's controlling. So what? Isn't it better to be in control of your marriage rather than to let your marriage be controlled by others outside the marriage, whether it be church, little league, homeschooling, hobbies, electronics, or what have you? Why should our kids have to suffer? Because your spouse is using them as a weapon and a wedge to avoid intimacy with you, that's why. The kids' soccer practice, kung-fu lessons, music lessons, etc. are all extraneous activities not necessary to the development of marriage and home. But the ministry of our church will suffer if I'm not teaching or leading worship or being den mother in royal rangers plug in whatever activity takes priority over you. My answer? Well, That's too bad. I'm sorry that the church's ministry will come tumbling down and the church will crash and burn because you, the one irreplaceable cog, were removed. However, your first priority is your marriage, and that is in trouble. When we get our marriage fixed and running right, then we can re-engage in other activities, but not to the detriment of our marriage. Simple summary. As Christians, we like simple statements supposedly pithy that help to get a single important point across. One formula that I've seen many times goes like this. If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. If you're too busy to read your Bible, you're too busy. If you're too busy to spend time with God, you're too busy. Well, if you're too busy to have a healthy sex life with your spouse, you're too busy. Enough said. Having said all this, wife says that I need to include a disclaimer. Here it is. At the top of my blog, it says, pithy insights from an experienced old coot. It doesn't say anything about me being a marriage counselor. I'm probably better than they are anyway. Just understand that, as I have said in previous blogs, you know your situation, and you need to decide when and how to begin the work of changing your marriage. After all, God doesn't do Jedi mind tricks. In my next podcast, Addressing the Sexless Marriage Number 4, I want to present some action steps that you might consider in addressing the sexless state of your marriage with your spouse. That's today's show. Thanks for listening. Drop by Eliasm.org to learn a whole lot more about sexless marriages and what to do about them. Or just find a sympathetic ear. That's I-L-I-A-S-M. We're sorry you tuned in, but do it again soon. This podcast was narrated and edited by Mirror Orkin. The Addressing the Sexless Marriage essay series is written by CSL and can be found at curmudgeonlylibrarian.wordpress.com. The intro and outro music is sampled from the instrumental Drown in Thoughts on the album Illusions by X. Tickorex, whose name I may be butchering. Available at freemusicarchive.org. This episode of Refused has not been brought to you by Nature Valley Coconut Granola Bars, the only food left in my glove compartment after my wife and kids ate everything else I put in there. Delicious, wholesome, and indispensably tainted with the flavor of toasted coconut, which my family finds revolting. Saving me, From the jaws of starvation when I'm stranded somewhere. From Nature Valley, the company that turned nature's candy into, well, candy. Seriously, guys, chocolate drizzle? I don't even know you anymore. So long. You're not alone. It'll be okay. I need a better sign-off.